Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everyone. Hey, friends. Welcome to a Spiced Chaos mini-sode. Yep. We're going to try to keep it mini, but uh, we, like to, we like to talk, so. Uh, we don't we don't ever keep. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Last week was only 26 minutes. That's true. That's true. We did keep it. We kept it short. That's the fastest that we've ever done it, I think. That's what she said. <laughs> so, for those of you who are new to the mini-isodes, these episodes are where you guys do the work, and then we read back to you the stuff that you wrote to us. Exactly. So Except that, this week, it's going to be a little mod podge of that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of things to talk about today. So mm -hmm. um, last week's mini-sode, we talked about pet stories. And that topic was sent to us from Brenda, the planning pastor. And she forgot to get her pet story in before we, you know, called the deadline to record the episode. Mm -hmm. So she went ahead and sent it in for this week. And I said, well, we will, we will get it in at the top of the show. So let's re loop a little bit first. Hold on. Hold on. We always forget this. You guys. <laughs> That's right. Your um, Portland co-host is Caitlin from creating in chaos. Hello. And your North Carolina co-host is Leanne from spice plan. Hello. So we're going to hop right in because we have a lot to talk about today. Yep. And I'm petrified that my children are going to wake up before we get this recorded. Well, it happens sometimes. So it does. Um, but so we're going to go ahead. I'm going to read this one from Brenda, the planning pastor. Mm -hmm. And she um, sent us a pet story. So let's reloop to the pet stories from last week. And then we'll talk about some other things. And then we'll get into your embarrassing kid moments in public, which is that was the topic for this week. And some of these are fantastic. Um, yeah, kids are horrible in public. They should always stay home. No, they're so. just hilarious. I love it when my kids are out in public. I think it's the best. Um. I try to keep my kids home as much as possible until they're grown adults. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because they do not know how to function. Okay, so this is from Brenda, and this is a pet story. She said, so I have many, but the best is about one of our chickens. Oh, nice. Yes. They weren't pets quite the, the way some people are with their ducks. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they were fun to have around. My then-husband was working cutting hedge trees for fence posts as part of a contract about 45 miles from our house. Mm -hmm. One time, he got there and realized one of our chickens was in the back of his pickup. They were very free-range. <laughs> <laughs> she got out and was pecking around while he worked. He couldn't believe she rode all that way in the truck on the highway and figured we were going to be down one chicken. But when he was done... She hopped right back into the pickup bed and rode home with him. 
<laughs> we didn't normally name our chickens, but decided she needed a name to match that personality. She became Mona and she learned to check the truck. Sorry. And he learned to check the truck before driving. Oh my gosh. So I That's love fantastic. Mona. That is such a sweet story. That little chicken loved him. She just hopped in the truck and rode to work with him and oh. rode home with him. I think that's, I think that is precious. That is adorable. I feel like our ducks would do that because they like hop up where we're, where we're sitting or like we, we have them trained now to follow us into the house. And so they'll just, you know, in their little duck row, they'll walk into the house behind us and we lay the towels down on the couch and then we pat the couch like you do for a dog and they jump right up. See, you guys, Caitlin was so tired of trying to get her hypothetical ducks in a row in her in her <laughs> personal life. That's right. So I had to get the real ones in a row. So she bought real ducks so that she could say, I have my ducks in a row. <laughs> exactly. I oh know people, gosh. we take them for walks around the neighborhood. And people are like, oh, my gosh, they just follow you. And my favorite response ever that just kills my husband. I can, like, see his eyes rolling right now as I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, this thing, our ducks in a row doesn't come from nowhere. <laughs> to, like, make way, every person. Make way for ducklings. That's make right. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so cute. So, all yeah. right, Brenda, thank you for the topic for last week. And thank you for that awesome chicken story, because that was, we should have a whole episode of just chicken stories. That's right. Poultry represent. Yeah. I like, I like chicken stories, but that is, that was a sweet little chicken. That was a sweet little girl chicken. Oh, Uh, yes. Um, aren't they all girls, all chickens? Chickens are girls, roosters are boys. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you for knowing your farm animals better than I do. You're welcome. And in the duck world, drakes are boys and ducks are girls. Drakes? There's a, drakes there's are a, the boys. How, mm-hmm. how do you, how can you look at a duck and tell it's a drake? Uh, well, if you, if this is very riveting podcasting, but a drake has a curly tail feather and they also don't quack. They make like a raspy sound. So that's how you can tell it's a drake. Oh, is it kind of like the sound that those Canada geese make when you get too close to their eggs? They're like... No, not a, it's not necessarily like a hiss. It's like he's trying to quack, but it's like he's got laryngitis or something. Oh, I know so that's that. Oh, so that's why your girl ducks are the ones that quack because they're girls yes, and they quack. They're loud. Yep. The girls quack. That's right. Okay. But a lot well, of people don't know that about ducks, that only females quack. Well, I have heard your ducks quacking and it's very cute. <laughs> I know. I was on like a work call doing like a virtual session the other day and I was outside just walking around and the ducks like had a dream or something and they're like, <laughs> back on the call. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. That's so cute. So um, we want to talk briefly yep, about switching gears. some of this. Yep, switching gears. Um, yeah, I'm so good at those transitions, you guys. Yeah. I'm such a professional. Oh, my gosh. Um, so um, there has been, we have had, we've had a lot of guests on the show just since the birth of the show. Right. Um, but um, there has been some um, controversy in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Is that is that, would you say that's a good way for me to, to put it? I um, would just say that it's like discussion and just like, I mean, right now, I think a lot of us are just having those hard conversations. And I think that it's just, I don't know, I I wouldn't say that it was controversy. I would just say that it was a discussion. Okay, yeah, you're probably right. It's I would. Yeah, you're because this is not this is not necessarily controversial. Like this is kind Mm -hmm. of like just some of this is just facts. But 
So right. we had a guest on the show not too long ago, and we had a conversation about Aunt Jemima. Mm-hmm. And Aunt Jemima is the icon on the syrup and the pancake box and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, our guest said that, well, we were talking about how taking away some of these harmful racist icons was being used as kind of a distraction. Like it's almost like instead of, you know, giving us the defunding of the police and reworking the police system and on that kind of stuff, Right. Which is which is what they're asking for when they're protesting Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. Um, instead of doing that, it's like the world is doing all these other things, like you know, changing the icons on the bottles and you know, mm-hmm. changing scenes and television shows and things like that. Um, taking down statues and flags and changing the names of schools and all of these side things that are getting done that yeah. that are good things. Right. They are good things that are being done. <laughs> But it's that's not the issue that is at hand here. Mm-hmm. So one of our guests kind of mentioned that the Aunt Jemima character, mm-hmm. you know, was was at least representation of black people in the grocery stores. Right. OK. Yes. And that, you know, in taking that away, that they were taking away yet another black image that mm-hmm. was available in the grocery store, meaning, you know, kind of making that, that disappear. And um, what we didn't touch on in that episode was the real like harmful nature behind that icon. Yeah. Because, and, and we just, we just didn't really get to talk about this on the episode. I think that we mm-hmm. moved straight into talking about food and food right, and whatever else and, we talked about on the podcast, <laughs> you know, how black women can cook good food and all this kind of stuff, which is obviously very true. I think that we, it needs to be made very clear that that image on that bottle is very harmful. It is. Yep. Um, Aunt Jemima was a house slave. Mm-hmm. And the woman who portrayed her, yes, she did get paid for the work that she did. Yep. But she she kind of portrays this like whitewashed, like happy white family with their black maid or black cook. Right. And that the that the black maid or the black cook is happy in that role. Right. And that was kind of the way that Aunt Jemima was presented to white America when the brand was born. And, you know, she has had some modernization over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but its roots are very harmful. Right. And from what I understand it, the black community has been asking for that to be removed since what, like the 1980s? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is a good thing that that particular harmful image is being removed. And Mm -hmm. we would never say here that representation is, is bad, that there should be representation in all areas of life, Mm -hmm. but that that particular character is harmful and and Mm -hmm. hurtful. Right. And, um, you know, we just felt like we wanted to make sure that our audience, you know, kind of knew and, you know, if you want some articles on this, we would be happy to provide you with them. 
mm-hmm. but it was just something that we didn't get that we didn't get to talk about on the show. And, you know, I, I felt like I, I, I felt like I wanted, we wanted to address that here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely did. And because we wanted to make sure that our listening audience knows that we know that that is a harmful and hurtful image. Yeah. And a lot of times we have, look, we have a lot of guests on the show. We do. We talk and we chat and we release most of what is said on the show. Like I do not edit very much. Right. Um, so you get to hear the conversation just as it happens. Yep. And as it is. Yes. There are going to be times when we, as the hosts of the show, don't necessarily a hundred percent agree with what the guest is saying. Right. Exactly. But also I feel like sometimes when people are talking on the show, it's also about them, like maybe consciously or unconsciously almost processing. Like uh, some of our guests um, don't prepare notes and that kind of thing for the show. And that's great. So it's like a, it's almost like a verbal, like processing, almost like a little mini therapy session, if you will. Yeah. And we really are just having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we have to remember that all women of all colors are different and individual people. Yeah. And they're going to have different perspectives on different big issues as well. Yeah. And that not one person, you know, represents an entire group of people, whether that's like somebody in the planner community doesn't represent all planners or someone from the black community doesn't represent all black women or, you know, however many scenarios we can get into. But we just wanted to note, let you guys know that even if a guest says something that um, is kind of their opinion on an issue, it's not representative of an entire community. Right. And there are going to be times when you hear us interact with the guest, and, mm-hmm. you know, you might say, well, why did they not correct this or why did they not, you know, butt heads with them about this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just aren't the kind of show that is trying to get like, we've made it very clear to our guests we are not trying to pull uncomfortable information out of you. We exactly. want this to be a very casual, comfortable conversation. And there are just going to be times when we, as the hosts of the show, don't feel comfortable interrupting a guest to say, well, actually. Right. When they're in the middle of processing or sharing, even sharing their heart, you know, because if they share a truth that's true for them, like, I mean, that's that's for them. Yes. So there may be times when you feel compelled to DM us personally about mm-hmm. something that a guest said, mm-hmm. but you may get more headway DMing the guests themselves. Right. I just wanted to thank the ladies from Planners and Wine. Uh, Myra plans it and Meg's got a plan for reaching out to us um, because they didn't have to and sharing their hearts and sharing um, some really deep information about the Aunt Jemima issue and having um, what I would call a difficult but necessary conversation in the DM. So I did just want to thank both of them uh, for taking the time to reach out to us because they definitely didn't have to. No. And, you know, it was very and they're not the only ones that have reached out you exactly. know, to say, yeah. you know, maybe this was problematic or maybe, you know, it should be addressed that. You right. Know, the but Aunt podcast Jemima. to podcast, right? Like, yes. I feel like that was, mm-hmm. that was just like a really, it was a really good conversation. And I feel like it was, 
it wasn't presented in a way that like made either of us feel defensive. And even if it did, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like I feel right. like Leanne and I are both just like here with a listening ear and we love having those conversations and continuing to grow not only in our allyship, but also like as human beings. Yes, absolutely. And another thing that was brought to our attention was, you know, in in talking about the Dr. Seuss situation mm-hmm. and the Aaron Condren products, yeah, you know, talking about donating them to, um, you know, maybe some lower income schools or whatever, mm-hmm. it was brought to our attention that maybe young children of color should not be subjected to using things that are drawn by Dr. Seuss. Right. Um, you know, that there's going to be black kids in those schools that would be using those products and that that is sending a bad message to them that we don't care about this hurtful history. Exactly. Yeah. Or like sharing a character and not like sharing their history, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I endorsed it because I was thinking about, you know, when I worked in, you know, a lower income or a title one school and like how, number one, how much I was spending out of pocket to get my kids stuff and just how grateful as a school we would have been to have like high quality products. But I would like to go ahead and say that I think that that would be not such a great idea to donate those things to, you know, like I'm thinking about my students in the, you know, the gang intervention, lower income school, um, just because like, number one, if you're not teaching the history behind it, and number two, like continuing to, I guess it, co-sign on like the racial history of Dr. Seuss by sharing that with your students, I would say that I, I would not, I would not want to do that. Right. And, you know, through the years that I've had elementary school students, like children Mm -hmm. in my home, yeah, you know, since my children have been of school age, Mm -hmm. there has been a Dr. Seuss week every single year at my kid's school. Yep. Same. And kids get dressed up and they do all these things and like the cat in the hat comes and like is in a real big fluffy costume and is scary looking. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, at least that's what Hannah said. She said he was creepy. (laughs) Um, I feel like no kids like those big dressed up characters. No. And Hannah is fast to tell them to their face. Like you are creepy. (laughs) Um, she told two old ladies at the mall that the, the Easter bunny was creepy. Oh, no. I mean, the Easter Bunny is creepy. Like, I don't yeah. take my kids to see that one. Because anyway. we were like, we were up on the second level of the mall. and We could look down and see the Easter Bunny from upstairs. And there were these two <laughs> old ladies that were that saw Hannah and they were like, do you want to go talk to the Easter Bunny? And she was like, no, he is creepy. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they were like, oh, my. <laughs> um, but I have never really we have never in my home participated in Dr. Seuss week at all. We've de- mm-hmm. I've never had them dressing up like the Lorax. I've never had them dressing up like thing one or thing two. I mm-hmm. just, I've always felt really icky about it. Yeah. Like I always felt like that these elementary schools are doing just that co-signing yeah. on this racism or and, just not learning about it. Cause I, right. I, I don't know that it's necessarily like co-signing on it or maybe, maybe it is. I don't know, but I feel like it's just like a lack of, I guess that part of allyship where you're doing the, like doing your due diligence and like doing your, doing the research and like, you know, the looking at the historical significance of these things. Right. And I, I really do think that 
it's time to maybe find some different books. Right. Yeah. There's and, tons out there. You know, we celebrate, you know, reading appreciation week or whatever that is. And it's always Dr. Seuss week. I feel like that you could do reading appreciation week and use lots of different authors. You don't necessarily have to stick to just Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if last year my kid's school was trying to make a transition or trying to make a change yeah. or if, or if there were some schools that were, because instead of dressing up like a Dr. Seuss character last year, last year they were to dress up like their favorite book character. Yeah. I feel like Delilah school when she was in elementary school switched to that a couple of years ago as well. Yeah. So they could pick whatever character they wanted to. So like Hannah went as Harry Potter that is awesome yeah um and i don't think daniel dressed up because he really is not that is not his jam like he is not interested like when it's wacky sock day he's like no thanks i'll wear my white socks it's fine (laughs) um you know the only day that he wants to participate in is pj day that's well that's what every kid wants to participate (laughs) yeah so of course how many times has their mom forgotten that it was pj day oh no show up at school in their regular clothes it almost feels like if we were to give, you know, lower economic schools or Title I schools or whatever, these products, that it would feel like we were trying to, like, be sneaky about it, like, pull the wool mm-hmm. over the eyes of the black kids, like, you know, here's some stuff, but we're not going to tell you, like, how racist this actually is. Right. Like, and then, like, it just, it now that I'm thinking about it, it just seems kind of cruel. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think the, I mean, because the conversation came up that maybe they had, or they did have a contract where they had to sell like a certain number of products for this deal that they got with this image. But like, I kind of feel like either like getting out of that contract or just kind of taking the hit as the business would have been the right thing to do rather than like putting them on Amazon or talking about a donation plan or whatever. Yeah. What I would like to see though, in response to the donation thing don't mm-hmm. donate the stuff that has Dr. Seuss all over it to the schools. Donate yeah. other Erin Condren products right. to schools. Yeah, like brand new planners or yeah. the ones mm-hmm. that are written in Spanish, you know, to all the teachers, the new teacher planner that's in Spanish. Yes, give that stuff to teachers and give petite planners and things like that to students and sticky notes to teachers and things that schools can actually use mm-hmm. instead of giving them things that, yes, they can use but have a racial you know, hurtful right. race, racial history. So, and just go ahead and recycle those. <laughs> yeah. Just let's get those recycled. Yeah. I would like to see something environmentally friendly done with those things. Yeah. Um, because I, Ooh, yeah, they're plas- yeah, they're plastics and papers. They should be able to recycle. Yeah. I cringe thinking about the resources that were used to make those products. And now they're just Ugh, sitting there right. and yeah, like that hurts too, but I don't think it hurts as much as the, as the racist background. So I, I totally understand the DMs that we got both from planners and wine and from others just in Mm -hmm. response to, you know, some of the things that we have discussed on the show recently. And we want for you guys to know that we are always open to those discussions. Um, But that the opinion of the guest is not always the opinion of the hosts. Right. It's very true. And that out of respect for our guests, no matter who they are, we are probably not going to stop them in the middle of their sentence and correct them in some kind of, you know, I almost want to say sassy way. Right. Like, unless it's, I guess, unless it's like over the top, like, whoa, that's really not appropriate. Yeah. Um, 
which I can't imagine us choosing a guest that would <laughs> that would be that way. So I don't. I, I just. I definitely yeah. feel like, um, you know, that we were in a position. We were we were not in a position where we felt like we wanted to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are now, and we would like to just make it clear that you know we we don't that one we we understand the hurtful history of Aunt Jemima completely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, two, we definitely don't think that removing the statues and removing the monuments and removing the flags and the, the changing the names and all that stuff, that that stuff is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that we do feel like that that is not what the issue that's being fought for here actually is, that it definitely yeah. feels like you know, we're going to give you all this instead of what you're actually asking for. And I think right. that, you know, that is problematic. Right. Um, like, could we just arrest Brianna Taylor's killers like yesterday? Um, yeah. Like, it's really great that all the schools in this particular school district that have dead white president's names are going to be changed to something else. But, you mm-hmm. know, that still doesn't bring us, you know, the end of police brutality. Exactly. So, um, and also, you know, the stuff about the Dr. Seuss thing upon further, you know, thought from both of us, it was probably not, it was probably not our, our most shining moment for us to say, let's donate that stuff to title one schools because we were not thinking of at the time, the implications that that would have behind it. Um, Right. Totally. And like, I don't think Leanne or I pretend that like, we are perfect in our allyship or that we have learned everything that we can learn from the black community or about black history. So I would say that that was def. I will definitely say that that was a moment that I am not proud of. And I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to learn more about it and grow. And I'm definitely taking more of those steps on my own to continue to kind of grow in that area of my life. Yes. And I feel the exact same way. And um, if you're not currently listening to Planners and Wine. Yes, go do it um, immediately. They are hilarious. You need to go do it because they are great. Um, And I thoroughly enjoy both of them. Yes, me too. Yes. But we do have a little bit of a mini-sode to get to. So we're going to switch gears yet again. Yep. (laughs) Just one more transition. Just, Just one more. Just one more transition. So this week, our topic was, when did your kid embarrass you in public? <laughs> yes. And I think that to get us started, we're going to tell a personal story of our own. Yeah. And then we will read the listener DMs that we received. So, Caitlin, do you want to start? Do you have an embarrassing story? I actually have two, and they're kind of fast. So if it's okay if I share both of them, it's of one for my kids. Okay. Yes. And well, okay, so and one of them is not super embarrassing, but it's just kind of funny. So Harrison uh, has kind of two sides to his personality. And if you don't know much about Harrison, he's my four-year-old. Um, he's kind of a wild child, like I describe him as that. But he's got that side where he's very energetic. But he's also probably one of, like, the most snuggly, like, loving children that I've ever been around. And he just gets these moments in his little heart where he just feels really loving And so when he sees people like walk by our neighborhood or like if we're ever out in public ever again, he'll like look at strangers and be like, hey, I love you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that is cute. That's not embarrassing. I know, but just the reactions of people, I feel like it almost like makes their day. 
<laughs> but some yes. people are like looking around. They're like, wait, is that kid talking to me? Or is like a grandparent over there? <laughs> Who wouldn't love to hear that from a precious little baby angel like Harrison? I know. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. So that's Harrison's. And then, okay. So when Delilah was probably about two, um, I had to go through a training at work that was about like children being groomed for like sexual abuse, basically super dark, very uncomfortable, but a lot of teachers have to go through that. Um, and it said something in the training that if children don't know the names for their body parts, then they're more likely to be sexually abused. And so I immediately went home and like started teaching her that she, you know, has a vagina and like <laughs> what, what to say if somebody like touches her inappropriately. And so a few weeks go by and we're in the grocery store and she looks, <laughs> she looks at this like 70 year old woman who is <laughs> in line with us at the grocery store. And she's like, Hey, I have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> And the the older woman was like, well, that is fantastic. (laughs) It was like priceless. Well, congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) It was priceless. Oh, that's so cute. But I just meanwhile wanted to like hide under a rock. (laughs) I may have gone too far. (laughs) I could. No, no. Look, I have not been through that grooming training before. Yeah. But we made the decision very, very early on that our children mm-hmm. were going to know the names of their body parts, that they were never going to learn wee-wee and pee-pee and, right. and pop-pop or whatever things are get called. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, that the, the, they're going to learn the real names for all their parts. Right. And, you know, it, it is now, I mean, it's it's really interesting to try to teach your child testicle. <laughs> yeah, Right. You know, like that one, that one I think has eluded us the most. Right. Because mm-hmm. Daniel still at nine years old has become like a little boy and he just calls it all his junk. <laughs> like everything oh, that's, that's in his pants, like all of his bathing suit parts, that's just his junk. Like, junk. like I don't, I don't take a bath with Hannah <sighs> anymore because I don't need anybody looking at my junk. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. And, you know, and like, I remember when he asked me, he actually said, when is Hannah going to get her penis? Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Because when they were very little, like two and one, like, you know, Mm -hmm. when they were really, really little and I could still bathe them together, Mm -hmm. you know, he could tell that she definitely looked different than him. And he asked me, when is she going to get hers? Right. (laughs) And I was like, well, um, not everyone gets one of those or has one of those <laughs> contrary to popular belief <laughs> right and you know what the, the the half of the world that doesn't have them is fine with not having them. <laughs> exactly we're great over here we are doing just fine without it so don't worry about <laughs> hannah because she will be able to take care of her own junk the same way that you'll be able to take care of yours and it's totally fine that they don't look the same <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So, but yeah, kids are always like, as soon as they learn, like, you're not going to catch some kid out in the grocery store saying, I have a wee wee. That's right. You know, they never use the words. Like when you teach them the cute, cutesy little words for things, they don't use those in public. But as soon as you teach them the word vagina, they're like, that's oh, that's all they want to say. <laughs> she would say it everywhere. Like after that, I was just like, yeah, okay. That's just what she said now. Well, it's a beautiful word. Um, 
It is. It's very true. Yeah. So it's way better than penis. So, you know. <laughs> Although like I, I will say that Harrison loves to tell everybody that he also has a penis. So. <laughs> okay. So he. All right. Well, Daniel never went through that. And Hannah and, you know, getting to my story, Hannah Louise has never embarrassed me. Never, not once. Never. It is not too late. (laughs) Well, I I know this, but when we are in public together, she is perfect. She never embarrasses me. Now, when she was like a baby baby, she Mm -hmm. would cry. Because I told you she she cried for 18 months. Right. (laughs) She did. Um, So, you know, like she, there were times that I knew I had to go into a store and she had to come with me. And she was going to cry because she cried everywhere. But I don't really consider like your baby crying in a store to be something that should be embarrassing. I feel like it's more like stressful because you just kind of want to make it stop. Yeah, because you don't want to bother other people, but it's not the child doing something that's embarrassing. Right. Um, Well, and for me, it's like I didn't want people to think that I like didn't know how to make my crying baby stop crying. (laughs) Right. But sometimes you just can't. I mean, sometimes you you just there's nothing that you can do. So, okay. So my embarrassing story was with Daniel. Okay. And I was pregnant with Hannah. Oh, okay. All right. And Hannah was born at the end of August. And this happened in July when I was pregnant with her. So I was (laughs) very, very pregnant, like eight and a half months pregnant with Hannah Mm -hmm. and it was you know 99 to 101 degrees outside (laughs) and I decided because I was home for the summer from work and I was it was just Daniel and myself at home and I was like let's go to Barnes and Noble and you can play at the train table Mm -hmm. because you know how the Barnes and Noble bookstore has the Thomas train table yes they have that like kids section Mm -hmm. yes so we went to Barnes and Noble and he didn't know yet how to like ask me for things. Like he wasn't old enough yet to ask for books. So I knew right. that I was in the clear and I went to Starbucks first. Okay. Because there's a Starbucks in Barnes and Noble too. So I just Heck had yeah, him. There is. I, yep. So I just had him walk next to me and I went and I got like this huge Frappuccino mm-hmm. because it was so hot outside. And I was just going to sit at the train table and drink that Frappuccino while he played with the trains. So it all was going so well. Mm-hmm. And then I finished my drink. Okay. And when my drink was finished, I felt that we had been there long enough. Uh-huh. He had been playing there for like an hour and a half. Okay. So I felt like that that was long enough. Yeah, but that's a great I, amount of time. When I told him that it was time to go, this child pitched a fit like I have never seen. I, I still have never seen anything like it since. Oh, I wow. Mean, he lost his mind when it was time to go. He ran <laughs> through Barnes and Noble for me. Oh he, my God. And you're like nine months pregnant. So here I am. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> running down these aisles of Barnes and Noble. I'm like a stay puff marshmallow man. Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I'm knocking books off shelves and shoving down old ladies and I'm trying yep. to catch my two-year-old son. I am trying to catch my two-year-old son. Right. Because he's like sprinting away from me at top speed. Could you yelling. have just turned around and like pretended to leave? Is, is he the kind of child that would come back to you? He would never have been able to find his way out of that labyrinth. Have you seen a Barnes and Noble? <laughs> Yeah, because Harrison is terrified of me, like, leaving him places. So he gets all big and bold, and he's like, I'm leaving. And he, like, starts walking down the street, and I'm like, okay, bye. I'm going to eat your dinner. And then he, like, 
<laughs> I'm gonna eat your dinner. Bye-bye. That's right. <laughs> Food motivated this child. Um, okay, no, Daniel would have gotten horribly lost. And then I would have been arrested for like child abandonment or child neglect <laughs> or some horrible thing. So I'm chasing him around Barnes and Noble while he's screaming and yelling. I think he's got like a death grip on one of those trains. <laughs> you know, like he will not let it go. Right. And I'm yelling to people, catch that child, someone help me. And I'm you know, barreling down these aisles and no, no one stopped to help me. Mm-hmm. No one, no not one, one person, me. not one person helped. And me. you're like All... gigantic pregnant yes, woman. Yes. Oh my trying God. To Probably near t- tears. Yes. I was definitely crying. Well, oh. by the time I was able to pick him up, mm-hmm. try the train from his hand and get him to his car seat he was screaming. Have you ever tried to put a child in a car seat that's fighting you? Yeah, don't you love it when they go, like, as stiff as a board? Like, I'm literally doing it with my body right now, if you guys can yes. see it. But, like, <laughs> so that you can't hook the five-point harness? <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, so I'm yelling. I'm like, if you ever, if you ever, ever, ever run away from me like that again, you will never see the light of day. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I, I mean, I am just done. As, like, I am done. And, like, I know that there are people looking, mm-hmm. and I didn't even care because finally yeah, I had don't. my child, and he was in the car seat, and I was getting out of there. Right. So now that scared him so bad. My reaction uh-huh. to that scared him so bad that he does not leave my side when we're in public. Oh. Ever. I mean, well, I guess it was. Ever. Worked. And I have friends who have children and these friends are like, oh, yes, my kids are runners. You know how these there's kids that, like, run away from their parents in public? The kids on leashes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. She's like, oh, no, mine are both runners. And I remember her asking, do you care if I put this leash on, on her? Because, like, she <laughs> she's going to run away. And, I mean, like, I can remember this very same child, like, leaving the play place at the mall, like, six or eight or nine or ten times, like, while uh-huh. we were there. And my friend having to keep getting up to go, like, rescue her from outside of the mall play place. Like, every couple of minutes, and there she would go out the little play place door. And I'm like, dude, she's running away again. Right. Um, So Hannah never ran away from me either because I think that she got some of my rage in utero. (laughs) But she just came out angry. I know, but I'm wondering if some of that doesn't have to do with, like, what her brother put me through while I was pregnant with her. But <laughs> she never ran away from me. So my children are not runners. And I know that mm-hmm. Daniel is not a runner because he is afraid that I will kill him <laughs> if he runs away. Like, Just kidding. Don't call me <laughs> Jess on Leanne. Just kidding. No, I have never hurt that child not one time. He's hardly we- ever even been punished. He's so yeah. easy. Um, this is the only time he's ever done anything that was, you know, even worth mentioning in public. <laughs> right, out of the norm. Yes. So, I mean, it's like he became someone else. <laughs> yeah, just like a little moment. Yeah, it was like he had his little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of moment, and then it was over. And then he cried the whole way home and was so sorry and kept telling me how sorry he was. Oh. And he still remembers and I have so many cute pictures of him from that day at the train table before he ran away. Mm-hmm. And whenever Daniel sees one of those pictures, even now he goes, that was the bad day. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, sir, it was. There's no amount of cuteness. There's no amount of cuteness in these pictures that takes away the memory of the bad that happened that day. 
<laughs> so yeah, he definitely remembers. But yeah, that was very, very embarrassing. All of Barnes and Noble was watching and no one was helping. Right. So, oh, geez. N- next time you see a mother that needs help in public, just help her. Just help her. Or like I've seen those videos where like people be on a plane with a crying baby and a stranger like steps up to like take the baby for a second. Like just just do those things. Like it's very helpful and people appreciate it. Yeah, because you know, this was the first time that I had ever been embarrassed by my child in public. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kept telling him in the car, I know you don't know what embarrassed means, but you humiliated me. You embarrassed me. Like people thought I was trying to kidnap you. Right. Exactly. You know, like people didn't know why is this woman chasing this two year old? If you see a mother chasing her child and you have the opportunity to catch said child, mm-hmm. do it. Exactly. Do it. I don't care if the mother is pregnant or not. Like if she's... And you don't necessarily even have to like put your hands on the kid. Just put your body in front of the child. <laughs> Yeah, just have him run into you. But at yeah. that moment, I would not have cared if a stranger had stopped him and, and lifted him from the ground. And then, uh, like, disciplined them. Like, and go then, ahead and, then, and help me out. And then handed him to me, kicking right. and screaming. Like, I would have been fine with someone just helping me out. Because right. that's the most I've run in 10 years. Right. Especially if you're, like, a dad figure. I don't know what it is. And maybe this is just true in our house. But, like... I tend to be kind of like the loving, little like nurturing parent. And I mean, like the kids respect me and they like listen to me or whatever. But there is nothing like when you're like, well, fine, I'm just going to call your dad. (gasps) It works every time. So if you're in public and you're a dad figure, even if you're not a dad, if you're like a man with a deep voice. (laughs) Say, hey, kid. Yeah. Quit running from your mom. That's all that it would have taken. Just someone else besides me to shake him out of his... (laughs) Whatever he was in. But anyway, so let's get to some of these listener listener DMs. Okay, let's do it. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Okay. All right, guys. So I'm going to start with our good friend, Kimmy. Kimmy Plans sent her childhood story in with photos. Yeah. So this is a good one. She says, my sister and I are, not were, those embarrassing kids. (laughs) when we take our mom to the store we make it a point to act worse than any child and take pictures we take different size fruit and pretend they're boobies (laughs) (laughs) we follow 10 feet behind and yell mom 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 throughout the store we've tried to put ourselves in a freezer case and even tried to get into her cart And I know Kimmy, so to picture Kimmy like trying to climb up into somebody's shopping cart is just is priceless. <laughs> She's so prim and proper and threatens to kill us under her breath but smiles. Someday she'll kill us, but until then, and she sends photos of the fruit boobies as well as <laughs> the freezer case. <laughs> and like this family photo. And then she said, okay, uh, I said, okay, so it was like a whole conversation, but her next thing says, LOL, mom and dad's only response is usually, what is wrong with you two? And then she says, they do get the family photo in after we got slapped. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's so great. That is priceless. I I love love that. I love that you still razz your parents. (laughs) Yes, that is, that is so beautiful. I do the same um, thing with my dad. My dad and I still have kind of like a playful relationship. Well, that's good. Keep your keep your parents young. 
Yep, I always send him, like, inappropriate gifts and stuff, and then, like, I'll show up to his business with, like, <laughs> like be loud and stuff when no customers are there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun sometimes to just do things that you know is going to embarrass your parents, even when you're grown. Right, or just, like, poke at them a little bit, because, like, I know my dad's political affiliations, and I'll just start talking about something that I know is just going to, like, make his blood boil. <laughs> oh, I know. Every time I go to my parents' house, I, I have to talk politics with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom, my poor mom, the next day we'll talk and she'll be like, why do you have to bring that stuff up? Exactly. She's I know. Like, you do this every time. And then the two of you start fighting and I'm in the middle and, you know, you're both looking at me like, uh-huh, do you agree with me? And she's like, I think you're both idiots. And, you know, like, she's I know. Just, my mom is always like, you realize I have to live with him, right? Yes. My mom says that to me all the time. She's like, you know that when you leave, he and I are still here. <laughs> that he he doesn't just cease to exist when you leave the house. Like, I still have to live with him even though you're gone. Right. Exactly. So, but there's something, and this is, maybe this is just a parent thing versus like a spouse thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I can say things to my dad that my mom never could. Right. Exactly. Like, that their relationship as a married couple, like there are just certain things like that you just don't say to your spouse. Like you just right. can't talk to them a certain way. You can't say certain kinds of things mm-hmm. like just buttons that you don't press. Right. But I'm his daughter and he has to love me. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think too. Like you have to love me. <laughs> so I push those buttons all the time and my mom just shakes her head and then, you know, later she'll say, sometimes I can't believe that you get away with the things that you say to him. <laughs> You're like, well, that's the beauty of being the daughter. And I'm like, well, I'm his daughter, not his wife. So I can say, yep. I can say the things. And she's like, well, sometimes the things that you say he needs to hear. For but, real. you know, she just finds it very fascinating that I can that I can talk to him in this way that she can't. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. common for families or not, but. Um, OK, so my next one, the next one is from Plan Halen. Okay. Yes, we love her, Monique. Um, she says, um, I have a story for Friday's mini-sode. Well, Ooh. that's where we're going to read it, Monique. So let's Heck do yeah. it. Um, this happened when I was in college and 18 years old. So here we have another kind of grown-up story. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this is my story. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. I feel like she just wrote my story. Um, I got my first tattoo without telling my dad. Mm-hmm. I got it on my lower back thinking I could hide it and he would never know. Okay. That summer I went out to visit him. Um, and my little brother, Kevin, who was only four at the time, big age gap. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, while playing with my little brother on the floor, he saw my tattoo and said tattoo and pointed at my back. Oh no. I quickly shushed him and told him this was our secret. Okay. And continued playing with him. Luckily, dad wasn't around and did not hear. Dinner time rolled around and my little brother was notorious for being a picky eater and always putting up a fight. Everyone ate except Kevin, to which my dad started getting on his case, telling him he better eat something and not go to bed hungry. I will never forget how Kevin turned to me, pointed and blurted out to my dad. Well, Monique has a tattoo. Oh, no. Oh, that little brat ratted me out to get himself out of trouble. At four years old, he was sneaky enough to use that information at the perfect moment and totally embarrassed me in front of my dad. Needless to say, Kevin got out of trouble that evening, and I had a lot of explaining to do instead. 
Oh, my jeez. Oh, Oh, that's so crazy. Well, and the worst. My tattoo story was so similar because, like, my dad always told me, if you get a tattoo, I'm not paying for you to go to college. Oh, my gosh. My parents said the same thing. So, of course, I got my first tattoo, like, two days after my 18th birthday. Exactly. And and, um, my mom knew about it, but my dad Mm -hmm. didn't. Yeah. And then at some family reunion during the summertime, I bent over to pick up a baby and he saw it on my back. Oh, my God. And you know who he was mad at? Mm-hmm. Um, um, he was mad at mom. my mom. Yeah, yeah, because she knew about it. He didn't even care that I had the tattoo because by then I'd had it for like two years. So it was like, right. he'd already, well, he'd already I feel like that's, that's deserved. Like your mom yeah. probably should have told him. I don't know why she didn't tell him, but mm-hmm. I did have the tattoo for a couple of years before he saw it. And I was bending over to pick up a child when he saw it. And I don't <laughs> remember him. I don't remember him being mad with me about it. I just remember that he was more upset with her for not telling him. Right. So, yeah, I feel <laughs> oh, you, Monique. Oh my Monique. gosh, that's fantastic. Yep, I feel you too. I feel like my parents saw my first tattoo by accident, which is, uh, I don't know. I feel like all of our whole, whole millennial generation was just like, well, I'm just going to get a tattoo, even though you, know, like, you said and, I can't. Well, I'm just going to get this tattoo that um, doesn't really mean anything to me. And one day I'm going to yep. wish I didn't have it. And exactly. I, feel like this- I walked into the tattoo shop. And I pointed at a, like, outline of a star. And I was like, I'd like three of those on my hip. And that's what I have. And it turned out really crappy because it was at this, like, terrible tattoo artist. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, it is terrible. So, is it terrible? It is, yeah. And I was working as um, a lifeguard at the time. And I was like, okay, well, as long as I don't get wet, like, it'll be fine. But I ended up having to, like, jump in and do, like, a rescue. So it, it got water in it. So, like, the lines blurred. So yeah, it ended oh, up no. pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Well, um, I have one on the back of my neck. Um, uh-huh. that is the Charlotte crown because the sh- Charlotte where I live is the queen city. Uh-huh. So on everything that is like that belongs to the city of Charlotte, there's this crown. Mm-hmm. So I have, I was born and raised here and there's so few of us that are like Charlotte natives that I got this Charlotte crown on the back of my neck. And mm-hmm. it's a really cute tattoo, mm-hmm. but it's starting to kind of fade. Oh, yeah. I and the, Maybe we and should the, have, that's what we should do when we get together. We should have our tattoos covered up. Yes. I want to keep the crown, but I would like for them to darken it. Like, cause I feel like that it's got spots in it that maybe I got it wet or it's just faded over mm-hmm. the years or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, and then the one on my lower back, yeah, it's definitely seen better days. <laughs> well I feel like that lower back area like especially when you have kids like stretches and then it pops back and then stretches out again yeah so now stuff. it's like it's a tattoo that's got stretch marks on it that like the stretch marks have gotten smaller and then they've gotten larger and then they've gotten smaller again and it's just like right. it, it just really it's been through the ringer so <laughs> right. um all right do you have another one yes I have a quick little one from this is just like a reply to the story Um, And she said, I think this is uh, an interaction she had with a student. So she said, it's from A. Nicole 1016. And she said, I lost my voice. And one of my four-year-old students suggested I try to poop to make it better. 
I mean, what? is that the solution to everything? No, you know what? I think I think that that kid probably lives in the kind of home where any time that they say that they don't feel good, their parents are like, do you have to go to the bathroom? Right. Or maybe they have like a little constipation problem because Delilah was constipated as a baby. And so anytime like she was like, I don't feel good. I'm like, well, maybe you should go try to go poop. <laughs> yeah. So that kid probably just got that from that. Like, if you're not right. feeling good, just try to go poop and then you'll feel better. That is so funny. Though. That, I love that. That is funny. Um, so do we have one more from um, Steph's Crafty Space? And we have one from the planning pastor as well. Perfect. Okay. So Steph says, when potty training my daughter, we would go crazy with praise anytime she went in the potty. One day we were at a restaurant and I took her to potty and I went as well. She waits until we are walking back out to the table and as loud as she could started clapping her hands and saying, yay, good girl, mommy went poo-poo in the potty. Uh, <laughs> she said, I died a little that day. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I know. But those little celebrations that you give kids, you know, the celebrations yeah. have to happen even when you're not at home. That's right. Exactly. Totally. So, and, you know, when we were potty training Hannah, anytime I went to the bathroom or Andy went to the bathroom or anytime anybody went, we had a big party every time anybody went. Yep. And that worked for Hannah because Hannah was like, oh, I want this praise. So she's, you That's know, right. she, mm-hmm, she figured it out real quick. But yeah, I can see how that would be embarrassing stuff. <laughs> especially like I don't know how it is in the men's bathroom if we have any male listeners but I feel like in the women's bathroom you're like just trying to make it appear as if you're not pooping (laughs) yeah (laughs) every time as quietly as possible look every time I go to Michael's girl every time I go to Michael's (laughs) I have to go in Michael's and try to do like a ghost poop you know like a ghost poop (laughs) (laughs) yes that's exactly what it is Yes. Like, just let the pee flow. Like, it's fine if somebody hears you tinkle. But, like... Yeah, but the other is, like... No, there's so many sounds that go with it that you're so embarrassed. And then, like, when you come out of the bathroom, like, they know. They look at you and they're like, oh, we know what you just did. (laughs) I know. If there is someone else in there, I will literally sit there and wait until they have left the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have to make eye contact. Even if I'm I'm way super done, I wait. Because I don't even (laughs) want for them to have ever seen my face. Because right, exactly. if they because if they ever see my face and they'll see me shopping in the store and they'll be like, I know what you did in the bathroom. <laughs> because not everybody poops, apparently. <laughs> no, girls don't poop, Caitlin. No, we don't. And we don't fart. Nope, we don't poop, we don't burp, we don't fart, and we don't get periods. Um, <laughs> You're just these, we're basically Barbie dolls. We, just we are. Flat space. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. It's just, there's, there's, there's no holes down here. It's just a plastic, flat... <laughs> Just area. Right. Um. Oh, man. Okay. All right. With that note, I'm going to read Fredna from The Planning Pastor. She said, my grandson, now four and a half, sat down on my piano and said, Grammy, want to hear some Bob Seger? And she said, I assure you what he played was more atonal than anything Bob Seger ever wrote. <laughs> that is a great one. Oh, that is cute. I think that's man, cute. Man, kids get a hold of pianos. We have a piano in our house. And I swear, when Harrison was a baby, I was like, okay, yeah, let's let him explore the music. Bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Just like last week, we had that story where that cat jumped on the piano and then meowed and ran away <laughs> because it got so scared. Right. It can be terrifying. Yeah. My mom is trying to teach my children how to play the piano. 
Oh, yeah. Good luck with that. So whenever they go over to her house, like they'll sit down at her piano and she'll try to like teach them like real songs and real things on the mm-hmm. piano. But really all they want to do is bang on it. I mean, if we're right. I we had Delilah in piano lessons because one of our neighbors around the block just is a piano teacher. And so we tried to do that for a while. But she was like, um, this is boring. I don't want to practice. And I told her as soon as she stopped wanting to practice, I pull her from it. So that's what we did. Oh, wow. Look at you. My mom made me take piano lessons for six years. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I was. I told her, I was like, I'm not going to fight with you about practicing. So if you don't want to do that, then we're not going to do this anymore. Wow. <laughs> I can well, get a fight for free. I don't need to pay $45 a week to get a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I wish someone had told my mom that. And what's sad about it is that, like, I still don't know how to play the piano. Oh, really? I used to play when I was younger. I, it's so weird, though, because, like, I sat down when Delilah was taking her lessons and I, like, looked at her sheet music I have literally forgotten how to read sheet music because it's been oh, so long. Yeah, me too. And, and it's so weird. It is because I thought that that was a skill that I would have forever once I exactly you know, like riding a bike. Into, yeah, like I burned it into my brain when I was taking piano lessons. Um, I can play for Elise. Uh huh. Oh, that's a good one. And that's the only thing that I remember how to play. Yeah. The only thing I hated about playing piano was at the, cause I'm a social anxious person. We would have recitals. Oh, <gasps> that was my what God. I hated too. I, I hated it so much. I hated I w- it too. I tried to get oh. out of it every time. I my parents were like, it's so fun. Let's videotape you being super anxious. No, I would get so nervous. I would almost throw up. Seriously. And it was sad because like I could sing in front of anybody. Mm hmm. Because, I mean, like, I was a singer, so I mm-hmm. could get up in front of people and sing and have no problem. But when I had to play the piano, I was, like, violently ill. Well, and because I, the piano, like, if you mess up one little bit, everybody knows. Yeah, and I remember there was one recital where I started the song in the wrong key. Oh, no. But I just played the song, and Mom knew that it was in the wrong key because she had heard me practicing it nine billion times. And of course, my teacher knew that I was in the wrong key, but nobody in the audience knew the whole time that I was playing the song in the wrong key because they didn't know the song. So I didn't make I didn't make any mistakes. So it came out like it was a perfect recital. But then as soon as I got back to my parents, my mom was like, how did you start it in the wrong key? And I was like, nobody knows that but you. Why are you talking about this? <laughs> exactly nobody knows that but you she's like well when you got down to the end of the piano you ran out of keys obviously there was something going on and I was like well I know but I just ran back up the other direction and nobody knew so <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so I was I was pretty good when I when I was playing but then as soon as I quit when she finally let me quit it's like all the knowledge that I had just fell out of my head right just disappeared yeah well, this has been a very um, different kind of mini so. There's been a lot of things discussed. We definitely got to some of your DMs. We addressed some things that we wanted to talk about. And um, yeah, I say let's wrap it up. Let's um, let's yeah, put a bow on let's this. Let's do one. it when you want to. Yeah, um, let's let them go. Yeah, let's let them go. Um, we hope that everyone has just the greatest weekend that you could possibly ever have. And um, obviously, we will be back with you on Monday morning with a brand new, fresh, regular episode. And um, Mm -hmm. who is our guest? We have Bethany from Bethany's Plan. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So we have some more Erin Condren folks on the show. So that will be very exciting. Here's a little teaser. So she's no longer using Erin Condren. So I think we're really going to get into it. Oh, exciting. That's so exciting. I cannot wait to talk Mm -hmm. to her. 
And she yeah, is, me too. And she is Bethany's plans on Instagram. So yep, and she's a Portland girl, so that's where we. That's how I. Oh, very cool. So you guys go ahead and start following her and checking her out ahead of time, and you will hear from her on Monday with us here on the show. And um, yeah, like I said, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye, friends. Bye.